Okay, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 136, I believe, of Dude and the Monkey. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... I went out for a run and I haven't showered yet. I'm a sweaty, smelly Ian Loring. Hi. Uh, I've been clearing out my garage um, and I haven't showered yet, so I, I am also a very uh, sweaty and very poor Star Warsy man. Nice, nice. Yes, um, so this week uh, we are bringing you a, a feature review of Gaspar Noé's latest effort, uh, Love. Or... Which I'd just like to say was my idea. Yes, Ian would like to say that. Um, it was his idea. His idea. We're also bringing you the third instalment of uh, Ian and Mark playing their lightsabers with Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Uh, we'll be bringing you some trailers, some tangents probably, and some what we've been watching. And no questions, because we both forgot to ask for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I only remembered, um, well, uh, about sort of ten minutes ago. Uh, so... Ian, um, has, has anything happened this week in the wonderful world of film that we should talk about before we jump into trailers? I don't think so, but we were just talking about the football. We were just talking about the football. Yeah. Let's do that a little bit, because why not? So if you're not interested, just fast forward. This season's awesome. The quality's shit. But it is terrible. Like, I mean, Leicester are top, and with the best one in the world, Leicester. Yeah. Um, let, let, and good for them. Almost got relegated last season. Yeah, and you know, and, and, and barely changed the team, and and you know, Cambiasso left, and good on them. Mm. It's amazing what they're doing. I kind of, I kind of really hope we just fucking cream them next weekend, but which is probably not going to happen. It will probably be really cagey, and then it will be one nil to one of the sides, <laughs> um, as like pretty much everything is with United this season, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, Klopp seems to have started pulling it round. Arsenal are same old Arsenal, which I still find very entertaining. Well, it's the amazing thing is, it, what was amazing was last season, everyone said, oh, Arsenal turned over a new leaf and, you know, they brought in Sanchez and, you know, they, they've, they've changed and, you know, this is, the, this is the new Arsenal. Well, they actually finished in exactly the same position and had less points last season than they did the season before. And they went out and quite literally bought the best player they could have bought last season. Um, Arsenal will do. Arsenal will finish third, maybe fourth this season, and and actually never kind of trouble the title like they have like they have done for the past what nine, ten years. I, I genuinely, I mean, I think the only real hope they've got is the fact that they are probably going out of the Champions League at the first hurdle, and it just means they're going to have less games to play. Yeah, uh, and as well, you know, the, the fact that, that Chelsea are, are so far off um, off the top four that it really is going to take something special for them to get sort of back up there. If, uh, if I don't think a 1-0 victory over Norwich spells a turn. There, there was a start before the international... No, no, quite, I agreed. There was a start before the international break. I think it might be on Sunday Supplement. And by the way, thank you very much for turning me on to that podcast. I listen to it every week. Yeah, yeah um, it's... it's, it's Brilliant. That and Robbie Savage just arguing with people on 606 is kind of my, my jam at the weekend now. But um, it, 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 like, there was a stat that if Chelsea do the points average they did over the course of last season for the rest of this season, they will make the top four. But, you know, they're not going to win now. It just, it's not going to happen. No. And I feel like the best I think they could probably probably hope for is maybe, maybe, maybe third. 
I would I would say the thing about the thing about Chelsea is, is they haven't turned into a people say oh well no team turns into a bad team um, overnight and you know they're still the same team that won the title last season. If you actually they are obviously they are, but if you go back to last season, they didn't finish strong. They no, finished, they, they they were poor the last couple of months of the season. They just already wrapped it up. They wrapped it up. And Mourinho essentially created for his own back by essentially coming out and saying. Well, it, it was too easy for us last year, and it was a little bit like, all right, but you know, you're not going to have that um, next season. Man City, at, you know, have done that thing where they've won it, then been shit. United will, will get better because you know they they're going to spend a lot of money, and Van Gaal's going to be in his second year. Um, Arsenal will be Arsenal, um, and you know there'll be other clubs. Should what is it? You know, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be a very interesting kind of next couple of months, really, to see if see if Spurs can continue this incredible run they're on. They haven't lost since the opening day of the season. I think that, that that's you know it's amazing how well they're playing at the moment. And if they continue that, you know they will be contenders. Leicester will fall off. Um, that's just a fact. They will. It's 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 a strength in depth. You know, it doesn't seem like anyone's really talking about that. It's not just the fact that it's just because they're Leicester. It's because it's going to get into like the festive period where there's just so many fucking games. And if, if, if they get a couple of guys injured, I mean, Vardy wasn't fit enough for the England game. And he basically played this game through sheer force of will. So if he gets a knock, um, yeah. then... Then they go back to Ajoa being who's a thoroughly decent player. But, you know, the, the amazing thing for Leicester is that they'll, they will finish shot like in the top eight now, just for the sheer amount of points that they've got. Um, but there's, there's sort of the other things that you know. Will Liverpool be able to actually start winning games at home? Um, you know, we're, we're very good away from home because of the the gang and press that we're, that we're installing now. But at home, we still get that. The other thing I think that is a positive from my own club for Liverpool is um, we've now we've hit that run of, of of games we had away where our first sort of uh, now we've played United. Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, City, and Everton away. We, we've played all those teams away. We've now yeah. got all these teams come back to Anfield, and we've done that. And we're only we've done that. We've changed our manager. We've been fucking awful, and we were awful. And we're still only sort of six points outside the top four. That's pretty. I'm 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 happy with where we are right I, now. I'm I'm gonna say my top four at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm going to, fuck it, I'm going to do it. In in order, one to four, City, United, Spurs, Liverpool. That, if that happens, and it's highly feasible, that could happen. If that happens, that will be an incredible shift in dynamic in the Premier League. It'll be, I mean, like, it'll be, so, the Champions League will be really interesting last year, just, I mean, next year, just to see what Spurs and Liverpool can do. Yeah, um, I think, you know, at Spurs, it's, they seem to be settled for the first time in well, in a, in a long, long time. There seems to be a little bit of, you know, togetherness. They're not they're not relying um, upon one kind of superstar like they did when Bale was there, and it was everything was funneled through that. You know, it looked like they were going to start doing that with Kane, and everything was giving his shoulders. But this season, they've not. They're they're using a squad, and they're they're a very together squad. They seem to be like that, and it, it's. You know, it, it might be a bit of a crest of a wave at the moment, but it, it's up to them to prove that it, that it's not. Uh, what Liverpool have got is they've got a manager who has completely, in such a short space of time, just changed the entire attitude 
other club. And as well, what Liverpool now have is come January, what they had, a problem we had before was, oh, here, come play with Brendan Rodgers. Uh, he, <laughs> he, Watford and Reading manager. and uh, He was pretty good at Swansea. <laughs> uh, he, got, he, he got Swansea promoted. And um, uh, his, his teeth are really white. Like, really white. Have you seen them? They're really white. All right, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what we've got. Whereas now it's, come to Liverpool, you get to play for Jurgen Klopp and he'll hit you in the face after a match. He'll slap your ass, and he's a bit mad. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we've that's what Liverpool have got now. That it is almost as entertaining watching Klopp on the sidelines. And you do look at him and go, do you know what? You want to play well, just so at the end of the game, he'll come and hug you. And like he literally, he just. John and I, he just slaps him in the face. Yeah, he's fucking hilarious, his Klopp. Like, it, 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 like I don't know. It's just it's a, he's got he's got he's got that slightly eccentric quality that I kind of associate with Liverpool. And <laughs> yeah, it, 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 like I just I love I love it I love it. And just I, I I don't know. I mean, like as a United supporter, I'm supposed to hate Liverpool, but I just like the the fans are all so passionate and. They, I don't know. They've been kind of like also rans for for quite a, like really like comically also rans for the last few years. I'm kind of like, do you know what? Let's let's see them be good again. Why not? It'll be fun. We've been we've been a club on the cusp of essentially becoming becoming sort of like, uh, and this is not against these clubs, but it, it is just a fact of football of becoming a little bit like a, a Spurs or an Everton where. A club who have got a big fan base, have got a reputation there, but that's all that it is now. They're they're all on the cusp of not being able to get back into it. And I think with the idea of what they've done with Klopp, is it's put them back on the cusp of going. Do you know what? Maybe not this season, but if next season we get back in the top four, with that kind of that draw, there's already a load of German internationals who are going. Do you know what? Hmm. I could see. I could see myself playing there, and it's 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 a wonderful thing. But it's it's nice the fact that you're looking at it and going, do you know what? This season it will probably be City who win it, but Arsenal could, Spurs could, United could, Liverpool probably can't, but can can have an effect on the outcome of it certainly. And fuck it, if if Leicester can keep doing what they're doing. You know, they could end up being that stops, maybe doesn't finish fourth, but the club that stops an Arsenal or a, yeah. or, or somebody like that finishing fourth or a Chelsea finishing fourth. It, it, it could just be that because they could just get the points that kind of just cause that kind of little fucking shift in dynamic. It's a, it's a fascinating season this season, even if it is the quality is a little bit crap. But then again, it's like that across Europe. You know, you've got Classico happened. Yesterday, Barcelona won 4-0. You know, Barcelona are now six points clear, which six points clear in that league is literally on the cusp of going, just give them the title. No, I mean, that's it, man. I mean, mean, like, the the, the bottom of the table is really interesting as well. I mean, what I would say, I suppose we should probably move on, but what I would say... Arsenal. The thing, the thing that I think is interesting this year is that like they're always fourth, pretty mm. much, and it seems like there's maybe a contender or two who kind of just drop off. Whereas this season, there's a lot 
there's a lot of teams that could potentially be fourth that could bother Arsenal up to the end of the season. You look at Spurs and you look at Liverpool and you think, yeah, I mean, even Leicester at the moment, and you think, yeah, why not? But then the bottom three as well, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, Newcastle can't get rid of McLaren until at least February without just looking like they just do not know what they're doing. And by then, their death sentence could be signed. You know, Sunderland are just shite. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean... Sunderland don't have very good players. They have a championship squad. On Premier League wages. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, you got, I mean, poor Bournemouth, you know, I mean, if they're just terrible luck, terrible luck. Well, actually, um, I've sort of like from talking to people who who sort of go to matches, Bournemouth uh, were kind of like that, everyone, we're going to be everyone's second club um, this year. Uh, Because, you know, it's a small club that's come up against the odds, you know, it nearly went out of business, and Eddie Howe seems like a genuinely good guy, a genuinely good manager. But the general consensus uh, amongst the sort of league seems to be that their fans have been absolute dicks. Oh, really? Every single uh, away game. Um, And just nasty chanting, and just been a little bit kind of like, oh, you, you've brought that 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 kind of that nasty side of of, of lower league football into the Premier League, where you, you can't really get away with what you're singing here. Which is weird because Bournemouth's basically a town where people go to die. Uh, yeah, and and it's been a little bit it's been a little bit kind of like that, where it, it's very sort of quickly as sort of you know the, no one's talking about them now. Whereas we think about last season when Burnley were. We're in the Premier League. Mm. We're doing pretty much the same as what Bournemouth are doing now. A lot of like the the football press were very much still kind of going, look, you know, Burnley are doing, you know, they, you know, yes, they're not getting back into the points, but at least they do it with this. Whereas the football press have kind of they've kind of stepped back from the Bournemouth mm-hmm. you know, uh, fairy tale story, and it is apparently I've talked to a couple of people who've been at different home games who I know from, you know, from just general football chat and stuff like that who said. Yeah, their, their fans are just a little bit nasty. Fair enough. I mean, you're definitely more educated on that than I am, so you know that's absolutely fair enough. Mm, so, but, but anyway, we should probably go on a film because the, the, non, yeah. the non-film related listeners, the non-football related listeners that we have, are probably going, "What the fuck is this?" So, yes. So, if you've skipped forward, now we'll start on film. Ian, uh, what trailers have you been watching? Fucking busy. Yeah. Fucking busy old week, man. Um, the Huntsman Winter's War. Um, I will watch it. I, I, I didn't mind Snow White and Huntsman, and this. Like all right, yeah. This kind of looks like a soft reboot, and yeah, I'm up for Jessica Chastain, the badass. <clears throat> pardon me, the badass going up against Emily Blunt and um, Charlize Theron, while Chris Hemsworth like. Slices things. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. I I will happily watch this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I probably will. It probably won't be something I'd watch at the cinema unless there's nothing out else out that week. If there's nothing else out that week, fuck it, I'll watch it. Yeah, totally. That that's it for me as well. Yeah. But if there's something else out that week, it'll be. I'm looking forward to watching that when it comes out. Yeah. No. Release. One hundred percent, man. Yeah. Um. Uh, Zoolander two, uh, which yeah, I'm I'm up for it. Why not? I'm yeah, no, too late, too long. Uh, looks looks so much like 
people trying to recapture how funny they were over ten years ago. I just I I I, I can watch Will Ferrell's Magatu all day long. I, I just I can. As that that once that bit kicked in the trailer, I went mm, okay, you know, all right, that I I I could get on board with, but. Yeah, there was other bits where I was like, do you know what? I, I don't think I can go and give money to a film that's going to have Justin Bieber as an actual character in it. Oh, fuck it. I, you know, it's a cameo. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. You know, I, I think it might be one where if there's nothing else out that week, we're going to review it. So it might that might be an interesting... Um, I've got to see what else is out that week, actually. I think it comes out in February. See, I, I first watched Zoolander uh, on a plane uh actually i think i think it was actually on the way to my honeymoon um check the years see if that marries up yeah it was uh it was on the way to my honeymoon it had been out a while and i hadn't watched it uh and i watched on a plane on yeah and i i i I really really liked it i still i still really like the film oh well here's a bloody um (laughs) Oh man, you've not got a good week that week. Oh god, what else is out? Point Break. Fucking hell. And Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, what's a shite week for cinema. We might, we might, we might do a a, a, a fucking terrible triple bell. We, we might, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just like, do you want to get annoyed by Point Break or do you want to get annoyed by Zoolander Two? That's basically <laughs> that week for Mark. <laughs> That could be quite amusing. I might just go and see both of those just to be angry. Uh, yeah, no, God, you'll be so angry. Uh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah. Um, what, uh, now you see me too. Yeah. Um, it's just the sequel no one ever asked for. Nobody asked for it. I think it keeps getting delayed and people just keep going, oh, all right. <laughs> the thing is, the first one made a shitload. Did yeah, and even though the ending is really not conducive to a sequel at all, uh, and and this what was what we said I think was quite interesting about uh, the the first one was the fact that the tricks seemed like they were they were feasible, whereas this just seems like it's a load of CGI bollocks. Mm-hmm. It, it's an up in the ante. Yeah, I, I we'll see. I'll probably watch it. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch the shit out of it, but it's just whether it's at the cinema or not is a different question. Exactly. Um, Midnight Special? Yes. Um, yes. I really, I, 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 the poster I think is terrible. Yes. Um, but the trailer, I'm up for it. Um, you know, it kind of seems like it's going big on the kid doing a screamy face with white eyes. Mm. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued to see what the hell that's about. Midnight Special is a terrible name for a film. It's an awful name for a film, especially a film that looks to be as, as kind of serious as this film is, um, which essentially is quite nice that what we've got with Mid- with, with Midnight Special is we've got a sci-fi movie um, being released in 2016, um, so around now, that isn't just kind of full of CGI and battles and things like that. It looks like we're getting a, a proper serious uh, sci-fi movie, which I'm, I'm, I'm actually really quite looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all in with Jeff Nichols at this yeah. point. Um like he's uh, free. yeah, I mean, Mud's great. Take Shelter was great. Shotgun Stories is really solid. You know, I, I'm free for free with him. So, you know, a okay. Um, I'm building up to the one that you sent us the link for yesterday. Um, <laughs> you should do yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the teaser trailer for Central Intelligence. Oh 
of salt for it. Why not? Yeah. The fact that, the fact that Kevin Hart just keeps saying stuff to him and he just keeps ignoring him. And yeah. Saying the exact opposite. It, it literally looks like the script said, Kevin, you say this, and then the rock, you just say it, you just say it back to him, but the opposite. Yeah. And I, I mean, the tagline's pretty great as well. Oh, when you, all you need is a little heart and a big Johnson. Saving the world takes a little heart and a big Johnson. It's right. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Do, 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 do it remind me of in, in kind of the tone, the look of it, a little bit like the other guys. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say Kevin Hart doesn't look like he's doing anything too much more than he, he's doing in Ride Along, and I'm assuming Ride Along too. Um, as well, he was also very similar in uh, Grudge Match as he is in, in Ride Along. To be honest, yeah, that's he's just that character. Yeah, yeah, that's. But I mean, at least he's paired up with different, different personalities each time. And uh, yeah, why not? Um, the CG uh, Dwayne Johnson at the end is terrifying. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, like, so, like Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, here we go then. Or have you got any others before we? Couple of others. The, uh, the boss, the Melissa McCarthy, um, her new film that she's got coming out. I like Miss Melissa McCarthy. The poster makes me want to vomit. Sounds the trailer. It looks quite amusing, actually. Uh, yeah? Okay. Is, uh, a very wealthy... She's the wealthiest woman in America, and then she gets done for insider trading, loses all of her money, so has to go and live with her assistant, played by, I want to say, Kirsten Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, ends up um, starting up a new business where she's going to sell brownie cookies, uh, but she's going to bring her her kind of business in your face business style to selling um brownie cookies um and it, it just it looks quite funny to be honest okay that uh, yeah okay i'll watch that trailer mccarthy movie where i will freely admit a lot of the time when the mccarthy movies i think the trailers look terrible but then i watch the films and they make more sense because they just put the the shocky bits and the her falling over and saying damn it a lot uh, in the trailers, whereas in the films the character gets more rounded out. But yeah, it does look quite amusing. Uh, and the uh, Red Band trailer for Dirty Grandpa. Um, yeah. I'm so fucking in for that movie. Oh god, what's that against that week? I'm so in for that movie. Zac Efron uh, and and what's it? And De Niro just, just essentially being offensive to him. I need to see what else is out that week, because I'm not up for that, but I, I don't care if I'm the only person who goes to fucking see that. Because Friday, 22nd of January. Okay, that's kind of Oscar-y kind of season. Oscar-y. It's going to be up against something big, and, and I'm, I'm going to see both of them. Come on, come on. What have we got? I'm kind of interested by the big short. Oh, I'm very interested by that. Yeah, I think, to be fair, I think the big short's going to take it that week for me. Oh, yeah. I, I, will, I will happily go see Bad Grandpa as you- much. You, you do a double bill and tell me how it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go on then. <laughs> the one that I sent you a link to and I yeah. can't believe this film exists. Yeah, okay. So, because of my apparent love for a haunt, the, the, the franchise A Haunted House, despite the fact that I don't... I, I think I made it very clear that the most I would give A Haunted House to was like 5 out of 10. Yep. Which doesn't mean I like it, but does mean I'm probably in the top not one percentile of people who do like it. Um, Fifty Shades of Black, which looks like it's basically going to do the entire plot of Fifty Shades of Grey, but just have a couple of jokes in each scene. Yeah. 
that it looks it looks literally like it's going to be as, as close a shot for shot as it can get. It's like it's weird how much that trailer looks like the trailer. Be honest, did you laugh during the trailer? Um, because I'm going to be honest, I laughed a couple of times. I'm trying to think. I can't. Oh, but I did laugh a few times. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Is my genuine answer? I'm not just saying that because I'm saying I'm in the top one percentile of people who like a haunted house too. You know, so Marlon Wayans makes me laugh. There's something about him. I don't know what it is, but it makes me laugh. What I will say about that movie, if that film, let's say, drops on, I flick on Netflix on like a fucking Wednesday afternoon when I finish work early in the middle of next year and I put it on and that film is like, you know, on that tab that you get where it's the new film and that film is on there. I could see myself going, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 I will watch it because I've got a, a weird soft spot for Marlon Wayans. Yeah. I, I will watch it. Am I expecting to like it? No. No, it'll, it'll because be because why? <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 I, I, I literally just cannot believe that it exists. Well, sorry, I am eating tea at the same time. I do apologise. Um, the thing is, it's basically look, give me fifteen million dollars, and I'll, I, make it, I'll I'll make it back and more. I'll make I'll make you three times that over the course of a year with like ancillary rights and whatnot. You know, and it's just like, yeah, safe bet. Give him the money, let him do it. He's, you know, he, he doesn't make his films don't make a lot of money, but he is an he is an ultimate safe bet. And they cut, they cost fuck all. You know, it just it's it's what he does. And and, yeah, and including me, frankly, I I like Marlon Wayans. So there you go. Yeah, good on him. Right, uh, our main review, which was suggested by Ian. Um, <laughs> Is uh, Gaspar Noé's return to to filmmaking? It's been four years, five years since um, Ends the Void, uh, and this time he comes uh, cock in hand with Love, uh, which well, the plot of Love seemingly is a uh, a cinema student in uh, Paris, uh, an American cinema student in Paris named Murphy is looking back and lamenting uh, the loss of uh, his girlfriend Electra. Uh, because he receives a phone call from her mother saying that she hasn't heard from her uh, and he thinks that something bad might have happened to her. So we get flashbacks of their start of their relationship and going through their relationship whilst also seeing Murphy in his current stance where he is um, living with a woman who he's had a child with whilst he was... Um, with Electra uh, is about as close as you can get to the uh, story of love. It's uh, gained notoriety uh, because it's um, it's sex scenes are not stim- uh, simulated. They are real people having real actual sex and quite a lot of it throughout the throughout the film, uh, which isn't actually something as new as Gaffinoe would seem to think it is. Mm. Um, Ian, um, Love, what are your thoughts on it? I've got a better plot synopsis for you. A dickhead acts like a dickhead to his girlfriend and then whines when his girlfriend very sensibly leaves him 
and then mopes about while whining, while with the woman that he was a dickhead, uh, he's also being a dickhead too, while sex happens every now and then. Um, the thing is, after watching this, I read um, Peter Bradshaw's review in The Guardian from Cannes, and he was saying, like, it, you know, you can't have people tell you it's boring. It's not boring. It's kind of naughty. And it's, you know, it, it, it's kind of doing interesting things. And, you know, it's salacious. And no, no, it's boring as fuck. It's really, 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 really boring, apart from two moments. There's a moment where music from Dario Argento's Deep Red plays in the background. <laughs> yep. And there's a moment where the theme from Escape from New York plays in the background. Apart from that, this film is utterly, utterly boring. There is... New York, or is it Salt and Precinct 13? Oh, fuck, have I got that wrong? It's Salt and Precinct 13. Hang on. Bum, ba, 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 bum. Bum, ba, 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 bum. Bum, ba, 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 bum. Bum. What's the music from Escape from New York? Fuck. Oh shit, what the fuck? I hum it literally every day. Yeah, no, you're right. No, you you are 100% right, and I feel terrible for getting that wrong. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. It was. It, it, I, don't blame, I don't blame you, I blame Gaspar, no way. Yeah, well, no, but like, seriously, bad Ian, bad Ian. Um, fuck. Um, but yeah, okay. There's no insight here at all. There, I mean, there, what what is the story? I mean, what was the point in in constructing this story? What was Noé trying to say, other than if you cheat on your girlfriend? Yes, you had a threesome with the other girl as well. But if you cheat on the girlfriend on your girlfriend, and your justification is. I had to. She was really hot. I, I, you know, why am I expected to watch you mope around like a miserable bastard and every now and then either have sex with your girlfriend or some random in a toilet? I, I, I just, I don't, I mean, yes, Noé is, is an enfant terrible and I've liked all his previous work that I've seen. I think I've seen all his previous films and I've liked them all because it felt like they had something to say, whether from a story point of view or cinematically. But here, maybe, you know, the fact that he was wanting to do it with Bellucci and Cassell years ago, and maybe at that time, the, the frankness of the sex may have been more of a thing. Hmm. So may, maybe it's just too late for what he was trying to do. But even then, if it was if it was this story with them, I'd still hate Vincent Cassell's character. I'd still feel really bad for Monica Bellucci's character. So I, I don't know how much better it would have been. I this It's a terrible fucking film. And I don't see... And it's not... I, I mean, I did say a couple of weeks back that I am fairly conservative when it comes to sex on film. And I am. It... I I, I I don't know, it's the way I was brought up or something, it's just hardwired in me. But it's not the sex here. I thought the sex was really boring. It's like, yeah, there's a bit where you're cummed at. That's, that was just plain for 3D. Though. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. It kind of breaks out through the frames, the, fra- uh, the, the, the kind of the framing and stuff. You know, it's just w- whatever. Um, I, I, but I mean, what what was it all trying? I, I, I don't get what it was trying to say. It wasn't it wasn't titillating. It wasn't that hot. I mean, the girls were hot, but I don't know the fact that you got got to know this dickhead even took that out of it, and maybe that was the point. I'd like to know what the point was, but because there's no way. He'd probably have an answer that I couldn't stand listening to because it would probably be a bit like fucking pretentious, frankly, which he is. I liked his previous films, but he is. I I mean, I'm fucking fascinated to hear what you've got to say about this because you've not told me a thing. It's it's funny because I mean, like I say, earlier in the week, um, End of the Void was was one of my favourite um, films of, of that year. Uh, it is one of my favourite films of the past ten years. End of the Void. I think it's an incredible piece of work. It's interesting. It's it, it, it's saying sort of it's saying something. It, it's talking about actual um, you know reincarnation and and how we view emotions and and, and things like that. Um, uh, and you know, then irreversible is this this kind of this very visceral, very sort of sheer kind of attack on, on the senses. And then even things like his segment um, in Seven Days in Havana is is incredible. Um, it's a really it's a really powerful kind of like eight or nine minutes that he's, he's got in that. Um, and the idea of him doing a film where it contains real sex scenes um, is, is an interesting idea because it's taking something and it's it's almost you know yes it's, it's been done and it has been done uh, more times than than I think nowhere probably knows or would like to know uh, and it, it, the idea of, of that and then peppering it in with his style and, and everything like that works you know it is very appealing. The only problem is this film is incredibly dull. There's there's no whatever he's trying to say, he never says it. Or even worse, what he's trying to say is so insignificant and so pointless and so to himself that it that nobody else picks up on it. it, it, it it's like you you've got a two hour plus movie where what he's doing is, 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 is he's got this, like you say, is an incredibly dull character who is just a dickhead to everybody, to literally everybody. Nobody yeah. escapes his dickheadness. Um, and then every so often it's just like, oh, and here's a sex scene, but look, they're really having sex. And it's a little bit like, hang on a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, right? You did something very, very interesting um, in with with Irreversible in the fact that you you made a film that was so hideous um, for such a, a, for essentially its entire middle was so fucking hideous and was so complicated to kind of get your head around how it was how this, the structure was going that it was it was confusing and it, it left you in this kind of what 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 is going on kind of mode, and why am I still watching this? Which is what Irreversible did. I remember seeing Irreversible at the cinema and the vast majority of people that were in that screening left uh, and somebody actually waited outside the screening to have a go at the people who were still coming out, which was Jesus. me and one other guy. And I, I, I was like, well, I, I paid to see it all. Which mm. was the only answer that I could come out and, and, and give him. 
Um, but here, it was just, hang on a minute, is the only interesting thing you've got in this film the fact that they're really having sex? Because that's not interesting. That's not... Do you know what? If I want to see... A, if I want to see real actors having sex instead of stimulating sex, I want it to be actors that that I know that have been in other things. I mean, yeah, it would have been interesting if Cassell and Bellucci were doing it yeah. because it would have been Cassell and Bellucci. I mean, exactly. there would have been a titillating aspect to that, but... That would have been a taboo. It would have been a giddy thrill. Yeah, yeah. If you just want to watch people having sex, um, then there's loads of porn out there that is a lot more tailored towards titivation. So if it's not for titivation, and it's... it's is, is, is titovation a word? Titivation, I think. Titillation. Titillation. Sorry, I'm, just titovation sounds like some sort of thing that William Castle would have done in the 60s. Well, I, I'm going to stick with it. Well, like, yeah, no, I love it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking the piss. I think it's great. It's like William Castle would, like, every time a woman gets naked on screen, a lap dancer will appear and just try rate on you on your seat. It's titovation. <laughs> Yeah. So you see, it, it, that, that would at least be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, it, it's, it's. If you're gonna have it, have it as part of the story. It is not. It is quite simply to try and shock you. But we're not shocked anymore. We're not shocked anymore. We see graphic sex scenes in in prime time fucking TV shows nowadays. And yes, they might not be fucking. But you know what? It's acting. You know, when these people are doing, you know, what what would be taboo is if when these people are supposed to all be high on crack or anything like that, they were actually high on crack. Things like that. That would be taboo. It'd also be illegal, but technically these people are getting paid to have sex, so great yeah. areas. Yeah. You know, at least that would be it, but it isn't. This is just, seriously, it is, you've gone from... from People looking forward to this because you are a filmmaker who doesn't make a lot of films. You know, I stand alone quite in, what, 98, I think? Mm. So that's, what, 18, 17 years ago? And this is only his fourth movie. So he doesn't make a lot of films. And you're looking forward to it. And then what he drops is is this, where it's trump card happens in the, the opening scene. And then at one point, we get about 20 minutes where all he does... It, it, the two supposed leads do is fuck in various places. And to be honest, I would challenge anybody who isn't watching this in a cinema to not start looking at their phone, not of awkwardness, out of sheer boredom. I forced, I, I had a screener, um, I had an online screener, and I fast-forwarded it. And it's, like you say, it wasn't because I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to watch this. It was like, I don't want to fucking watch this. It, it is, do you know what? I actually I, I actually contemplated fast-forwarding it, but I thought, do you know what? No, I've got to watch it, not because not because it's titivating uh, or anything like that, but just because I, 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 I want to have watched it. I want to have watched the whole thing so I can go, do you know what? That was a waste of time. No matter what somebody says about it and saying... Oh, you can't say it is boring. Why? Why can't I say it's boring? It's boring. The acting is terrible. The only person who's speaking in their native tongue sounds like the only person who's never heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's terrible. He has one expression, and it is just... I don't really know what's going on. And he's... It, it, he's there's no character in it that actually makes you... The one character in it that makes you go, well, they're all right, is the girl he lives with. And even she, when you think about it, is a bit of a shit. Well, yeah, no, totally. She, she, I mean, like she invites him to come over, and she, she knows, yeah, what she means, yeah, you know. And, and the drug dealer, who, yeah. who, you know, is a drug dealer, yeah, yeah, um, and ends up kind of getting her strung out on what is it and causing problems. But it is, it's very much, or. Uh, he gets angry and jealous, and then he goes and fucks with the girl, and he gets angry and jealous when she talks to the guy, and he insults the French, and he... The guy's got a fucking Birth of a Nation poster in his kitchen. Mm. Which made me go... Wow. Wow. That that wouldn't surprise me if Gaspar Noé has quite literally... That set is what his apartment looked like when he was that age. Yeah, I mean, like, the fact that, you know, the kid's called Gaspar and there's a character in it called Noé, who I believe is actually played by Noé, the, um, the the ex of, uh, like, the older ex. Yeah, in a fetching wig. Yeah. Um, isn't Murphy Gaspar Noé's mother's maiden name? Uh, probably. I, I, you know, it just, it's, it's trying to do all this autobiographical stuff and it's just like, wait, okay, so basically... You, what, what are you trying to say? You were a dick in real life? I, I, I think I think Gaspar Noé is somebody who would kind of admit he is a, a bourgeois, pretentious dick in real life. Mm. You know, I think he would he would freely admit that. I mean, he what was it? He, he said that um, to get it ready for cans, he had to spend three weeks working twenty four hours a day to get it ready. Well, fuck it, you might as well have not bothered really, mm. because it, it looks like it was thrown together over a weekend. I, yeah, I, it, yeah, no, quite. I, 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 Interestingly shot. No, I mean, there is, I mean, there's occasional moments I, I thought were kind of all right where he'll be thinking about something and then it will flash and it's like the, like his girlfriend will be like looking at him and then it will like flash back and he, and like she's not there. A bit student filmmakery. It but. is. It's like the only visually interesting stuff he's got here. It, 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 that, and I include come in your face, but, you know. Which, come, which, which comes out of, um, out of kind of nowhere and it's very much like, like, like quite literally halfway through the movie, uh, somebody on set went, ooh, ooh, shit, what? Gasper went, what? He went, are we, are we released this in 3D? And he went, oh God, we are. Fucking hell, yeah, we are. Um, can someone jerk him off and we'll put a 3D camera right in the front of it? Yeah, good. Right, there's our 3D money shot. And it, it just feels a little bit like... It's a little bit pathetic, really. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, I'm going to make a film with real hardcore sex in, in 3D, but make the rest of it really boring. I, I kind of wonder if that was on purpose. Which, which if it is... I, I'd, I'd kind of be like, yeah, fair enough. You kind of tricked us. Good on you. You did, but then you'd also say... You tricked us fair good, yeah, I can agree with that, but why? Show the jokes on you, because essentially what you've done is you've just made a bad movie. If you as Gaspar Noé want to make a porn movie, just make a fucking porn movie. Yeah. That'd be more interesting. 
that'd be more interesting is, is if Gaspar Noé said, you know what, I'm not going to make a movie. I'm not going to make a movie that will get accepted into Cannes just because it is my movie. I'm going to make a porn movie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and I'm going to get vivid pictures or um, one of the other porn companies. I'm going to get one of those to give me X amount of money and I'm going to use porn actors and I'm going to make a porn movie. Yeah. That would be more interesting than what he has done, which essentially has made a vanity project and has exploited actors who aren't good enough to be actors and people that he's met in a club, which were the two female leads, mm. to essentially, because he knows that he can get them to, to do these things and that they'll be willing to, to, to do this. Because it won't affect their future careers because they won't have they one. They won't have one, yeah, quite. I, I, I'm done. Um, it, it, it's not a very good film. It, it, it's it's to the point of not being a good film, but it's it's actually it, it's it's not pretentious crap. It, it it's just crap. It's a waste of time, and it's it's exploitative. There's no other way around it. It, it is exploitative. It, it's it's Gaspar Noé using the fact that he has been previously an interesting filmmaker to make a vanity project where I get the feeling he has spent a lot of time sat watching attractive women fuck a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, American Sniper is going to be my worst film of the year. There is no conceivable way that a film is going to literally make me throb with rage as much as American Sniper did. But they, I mean, I, like this is... In any other year, this would be my worst film of the year. In me, any other year. If you'd have told me at the start of the year that Gaspar no, that, that, oh, no, that, that Gaspar, a Gaspar Noé film would be one of the worst films we've ever done a feature review of, I'd be amazed. Yeah, I, do you know what? I, I would say the same. Yeah. You'd, ex- you'd at least expect there something to be cinematically interesting, at the very least. At the very least, but it, it wasn't. It was just... It's just not very good. Yeah, it's a definitely shit, and I'm I'm incredibly disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I know you were up for it, but I still apologise for suggesting we review it. Oh, I, I I would have rather spend my time watching the fucking Hunger Games, and I, 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 don't, I don't like the Hunger Games. Yeah, you know, so never mind, eh? But um, yeah. Okay, Ian, uh, give us some what you've been watching. Okay, so I need to just like, just stop depressing myself. Quickly, because you only talked about it like last week or the week before, Inside Out. I rewatched Inside Out today. Yep. Um, Lottie, bless her, sat through pretty much the whole thing, split into two sittings, but sat and watched like the whole fucking thing. And she's less than two. Um, you know, she like, I mean, she was liking the colours and, and things like that. But when they go down into the memory dump, she was like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> she understood what it was. That's awesome. You know, which, which was great. Um, and when they uh, when they're trying to get out of the memory dump, she was going wee, which uh, which was which was great. And she she was I mean she was laughing at anger. You know, so my kid was, has laughed at Lewis Black, and she's not even two. That's great. <laughs> you know, so and yeah, I mean it's. The, the uh, Donna came in and we were just finishing it off and um, like the last 15 minutes it just it kills me it kills and the fact I was watching it with her as well just 
I, I don't know. It's just the fact that sadness is going to become a substantial part of her life at some point for some reason. And I don't know, just watching it with her, it really set me off. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it toes. I mean, so the, when I was saying, when we were talking about it, when you saw it, that it's not a film for kids, it's not. I mean, lot, I, 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 I'd suck it on with Lottie watching it because it was bright and colourful. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not expecting her to get the meaning. Once she actually understands these concepts, there's probably going to be like a five to ten year period where she's not going to like the film. But for now, she does. But it, it, it toes the line between being actually genuinely funny and also intelligent and emotionally affecting. And I, th- I think it does that really, really well throughout. I was even less bothered by the jokey stuff in the credits at the end. I think maybe because I needed the laughs after the kind of emotional release of what had, what had happened previously. Um, even though, I mean, like, the the cat bit is funny. The cat bit is funny. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Um, you know, but, I, 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 oh God, there's... The bus driver one, where it's literally just one gag, and it's like he's like in a traffic jam, like really calm, and then it just cuts to his brain, and everybody's screaming. Uh, yeah, it's a bit. Uh, I don't know about that, but um, solid swear word joke. Where um, no, I, I well no, it, it's it's Lewis Black um, trying to swear, and it's it's funny. But yeah, anyway, Inside Out, it's challenging up the, up the top of my of the year for me and Donna came in and watched the last 10 minutes and I think she, I mean, she wasn't previously really up for watching it I think she now is just based on that stuff so um she's she's seen the ending but never mind um but yeah Inside Out I it, it, I, I just still think it's a marvellous 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 film and it's Lottie's second film so yay um I, 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 I've got I've got two others um shall I just bang through them both or yeah you can do it I'll, I'll, I'll race through mine Okay, cool. So, um, quickly, uh, on this one, The November Man. Oh, that's the uh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, yeah. Still trying to make people think that he's an actual actor. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, this was, I was on the train to work, having a look through Netflix. It, 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 is, it, is it literally just Pierce Brosnan that is trying to do a Taken? Kind of, kind of. Basically, the trailer is a little bit, misleading a little bit because the trailer basically has it that um he's trained up this young recruit and then years later the young recruit is tasked with the mission of killing him and yeah that i mean that is a part of the plot but the 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 recruit who i believe is playing the keanu reeves role in the point break remake if i remember correctly uh luke bracy i think his name is yeah yeah um yeah, I mean, he's just stand, standard issue Sam Worthington clone. Like, yeah. really, really, like, it, he was, like, genetically spliced <laughs> or something. Like, they just got one of Sam Worthington's hair follicles and stuck it in a DNA replicator for a couple of months or something and out popped Luke Bracey. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, it, it kind of goes into this convoluted story about the reasons why they're hunting down Pierce Brosnan and it's like, you know, there's... Like there's a there's somebody in the agency who's gone rogue basically and um, is trying to cover things up. And Olga Kurilenko plays a, a a woman with a mysterious past who Pierce Brosnan like teams up with. And you know, I mean, it, yeah, it, it just it's it's Pierce Brosnan doing the the, the post Bond spy stuff 
that you kind of imagine him doing, really. I can't. I, I didn't hate it. It's fine. I watched it in five separate 20-minute sessions on the train. So, you know, it was just one of those. Yeah. I literally watched it over the space of three days. And by the end of it, it was like, yeah, all right, that's one to talk about on the show, I suppose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so, um, I mean, the, the action was okay. Weirdly low-key ending. You kind of expecting uh, an explosive finale. It's like, yeah, we kind of run out of money, so we just have Olga Kurilenko punch a woman and, uh, and, and Pierce Brosnan just kind of talk. And that'll be the end. Um, yeah, so there you go, the November man, whatever. Uh, but the thing, I mean, like, it's one of those, if you are stuck for something to watch on Netflix, it's not going to be too offensive to you. You know, it, I mean, like, I don't know, two and a half, three out of five. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's there's, fine. No, there's nothing particularly terrible about it, even though Luke Bracey's not great, but he's in it a lot less than you think he is, so that's good. Um, okay, so the thing I really want to talk about this week is the captains, uh, which which is new to Net, uh, Netflix UK. Um, and again, this was a bit of a train watch um, and a bit of a train wreck, but in the most enjoyable way. So it's directed by William Shatner, and it's a documentary where William Shatner basically goes around and interviews all the um, the captains on Star Trek and then randomly interviews Christopher Plummer. Uh, because he played a general in Star Trek VI, and he's a mate. Yeah, wasn't... I read a thing, and it might not be right, this, um, that um, that Christopher Plummer uh, was going to be... Um, originally was going to be Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got, uh, he got... He was doing a play or something, and he got a little bit too drunk... Uh, and didn't turn up to the audition or something like that. If, if, and then if Shatner ended up getting it in the end, that I might have I might have dreamt that or something like that. But I'm if, sure I heard that somewhere. So Mike, uh, if you could confirm if that's true or not, yeah, that would be lovely actually. Because I mean, if if that's the case, they don't mention it here. Yeah, but I, I'm sure I read that. I heard it somewhere. But I, I, I might have I might have got that mixed up. That might be a story from something else, and, and it involved Christopher Plummer and somebody else, something like that. But I'm sure I heard that somewhere. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, like I say, they don't talk about that here. Um, so, um, the thing is, it's mental, which is so weird because it's just a documentary about William Shatner going around and interviewing the other captains. The introduction of the uh, like of him interviewing um, Kate Mulgrew, um, who was Janeway in Voyager, yeah, is he's sitting in a cardboard box on a street in New York, and Kate Mulgrew walks up to it and knocks on it, and then he appears, and it's almost like she's taken by a genuinely taken by surprise. So it's almost like, what, did one of William Shatner's assistants say, just trust us, walk <laughs> up to this box and knock on it? And then later on, there's footage of him at a Star Trek convention. And he's, he's, he's saying, you know, I'm doing this documentary, The Captains, and, you know, I met Kate Mulgrew and I was sat in a box. What's that about? And it's like, well, no, Will, what is it about? Because it was your idea, it seems like. <laughs> Yeah, because he directs it and he write it as well. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, the, the bit where... That, man. I mean, like, it's just like uh, he's sitting on a bench and then Patrick Stewart walks by and then he says something to him. The introduction of him and Avery Brooks, um, Cisco from Deep Space Nine, it's just them kind of walking up a garden talking about ships in the in the horizon and life. And I, 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 that, I, Chris Pine, they're just sat at a table on the sidewalk outside the entrance to Paramount Pictures. And... Because um, he's a little bit... No. It, it, he's not... It's almost like he had a spare 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they like it's it's weird how brief he is in it for, um, and it's Scott Bakula. The introduction is they're just walking towards each other. <laughs> I, it, I, I, I it's, I, I mean, coupled with, I don't know whether it's just the editing, but Shatner's line of questioning is really intense. Like he barely lets the other person finish their sentence. And then he's saying stuff, and it's almost like he's trying to will them into agreeing. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a, a fascinatingly batshit bit with um, Kate Mulgrew, where he's basically trying to get her to agree that women can't make good starship captains because of, and I quote, hormonal rages. Wow. And then she's like, well... Yeah, kind kind of. I suppose you're you're right, William Shatner. Yeah. What? It's just more like a. If I say, if I agree with you, will you stop talking? Uh, basically, yeah. Just leave me alone if I just agree with everything you say for twenty minutes. And the Avery Brooks stuff is amazing because the, the large part of it is them sat at a piano, and every now and then Avery Brooks just starts playing music and laughing to himself. And then Shatner starts to try starts to try to improvise singing, and then he'll do a line, and then Avery Brooks will just laugh at him like, "No, no, no, that's not the line." And then just like starts singing himself, and then Shatner's trying to join in with that. Oh. It, I mean, there's there's barely any insight, <laughs> um, I, I, but I, it's kind of fascinating. <laughs> I, I mean, almost in a kind of hypnotic way. Uh, Seriously, Shatner's really intense line of questioning is something to behold. Um, So it's it's, it's patently terrible documentary filmmaking. (laughs) But I can't help but recommend it because of its oddness. And it shouldn't be odd. No, it should, it should it should be a little. But then again, it's Shatner, so you kind of um, you kind of expect oddity from him, don't you? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just it's. I suppose you do. I don't know. It's mental, and in 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 a, in, in a good way. In a good way. It's on Netflix UK. I'd kind of suggest having a couple of beers with it. How long is it? Is it is it ninety minutes? About ninety five hundred maybe. Ninety five, not too bad, then is it? Yeah. If it was plus, if it was over a hundred minutes, nowhere. Mm. No, agreed. I, it, it, I don't know. It's, I mean, the Avery Brooks stuff. I, I, I mean, I, I again, the footage of the, the convention again. He's talking about how nuts Avery Brooks is. It's like, well, to be fair, Bill, 
You're kind of there with him, just fucking singing along, marching to the beat of your own drum. <laughs> and I, 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 it's, it's seriously, it's fascinating. I'm not even a massive fan of Star Trek, you know, but I, it's really mad. It's mad. I, that's one that I might give a, a watch one afternoon. Yeah, why not? It's it's. Um, to be fair, the conversation between him and Patrick Stewart is actually pretty good, and him and Scott Bakula, because of Scott Bakula's like ex TV like lead TV fame, there's a kind of a reciprocal kind of understanding between between the two, yeah. like kind of being famous in that specific time period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mental mental. <laughs> anyway, that that's it for me. Go ahead, man. All right, cool. Uh, I've watched a few this week. I've had a bad week for watching. Um, I watched... Uh, I, I've rewatched Skyfall. Oh, yes, you said you were going to do this. How was it? Uh, I did rewatch Skyfall. Um, I, I, I still, unfortunately, can't get on with it, which does okay. I, I was really hoping to, but I just... I find, personally, uh, that it, it just... It, it drags too much, and it's... It's not focused enough for me, anyway. On it's a Bond film that doesn't seem to focus on Bond. It seems more caught up in the peripheral characters than it does in actually telling a, a Bond story. There's uh, a lot of setting up in Skyfall. Yeah, yeah it's it's a little bit like um, the, the the idea of um, you know it, it's going to be. I, I still can't work out what. Javier Bardem's character is really um, his entire thing seems to be a bit of a revenge mission against M because he's got some kind of weird mummy complex um, which seems like he's gone to an awful lot of trouble for for that. I also think that watching like you said, poor Spectre um, changes your view on it a little bit because the bit where he interrogates Bond um where essentially he is just feeling up Bond, um, and he's he's like tapping away on a computer and saying, you know, I've just done this, and I've just done this, I've just done this, and it's like you've just done all that, but it, it but it just it seems like you're doing all that quite easily, but the stuff you're going to do later on is going to be quite difficult. <laughs> don't it just I don't get any sense in Skyfall whatsoever that he has a boss. Yes, no, he, he doesn't seem to. He doesn't seem. He doesn't seem to have a plan really, or. Uh, a motive or anything like that, other than he, he, he just he, he wants to kind of get he wants to he wants to turn Bond in more than one way, and he, he wants to he wants to get at M, and that's about it really. Um, yeah, I, 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 even with Quantum of Solace, I mean, like the fact that Quantum's this massive shadowy organization, and you know, Mister White says, "Oh, you don't even know who you are, do we? Here we are worrying that the MI6 are gonna." Yeah, are going to be on to us. You don't have a clue who we are. It's like, well, are you talking about Quantum or are you talking about Spectre? Because in Quantum of Solace, you're talking about bloody Quantum, but by the time we get to Spectre, it's not, oh no, actually you're talking about Spectre. Spectre. It's the, the retconning really fucking annoys me. It really annoys me. Well, I, I think if you go back and watch them, it'll annoy you a little bit more. Um, yeah, I think it will now. I think it's going to retroactively make those films worse by association now. It is um, another thing I will say. Um, although it's Deakins and it looks and it's it's Deakins is a fantastic cinematographer. 
Um, I, I don't think it looks as nice, uh, to be honest. Um, the Macau stuff and that fucking fight scene against the neon. The neon fight scene's fantastic. It is, yes. Um, the Macau stuff I'm not a fan of, to be honest. Oh, man, when he's on that bloody boat and the, the whole kind of skyfall strings are going. The, the, the boat, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful advert for vodka. <laughs> but that's about it. Um, uh. I, I yeah I, I did try again with Skyfall because I thought you know what going back you know been in a bit of a bond mood because I've had Spectre when I really like that and I like Quantum of Solace I just watched that last week go on here you go here you go it's gonna it's gonna get me now and I'm gonna go and I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching it uh, and it just it didn't it don't sit for me to be honest it, it just it seems it seems out of sync for me um, to me um, but I, you know everyone else likes it and I'm. I'm glad about that. But yeah, I, I did try it. But out of the the, the the Craig Bonds, it's the one I probably won't watch again, to be honest. And it's the one I probably watch most, really. I've, I've desperately tried to like it. Fair enough. Uh, so going from a film that I was trying to like to a film that I watched and didn't expect to like as much as I liked it. Um, I watched Pixels last night. Right... And really enjoyed it. Okay, fair. Well, somebody has to. Um, yeah, I, I, I really kind of quite enjoyed it. It's, it's a bit stupid, but I kind of think it kind of knows that a little bit. Um, the jokes are so on the nose that you kind of go, oh. Sorry about that, bud. No, not from all. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Pixels, yeah, it, it's, it's jokes and uh, it does everything you expect it to kind of do uh i, I find it amusing the fact that they play kevin james as just being the bumbling president of america uh which is you know quite kind of what you'd expect from him uh, but yeah i i actually i really quite enjoyed it to be honest it was it was i watched it with with becky and isabel um on well last night uh and it, it, it is kind of like a perfect that's the perfect time to watch it it's a it's a sort of seven o'clock on a Saturday night kind of family film to watch. And I, yeah, I, I was quite surprised at how much I enjoyed it, to be honest. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I think I said on the show a few weeks back, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to. I think um, that was a lot of it was, was the shot. The, 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 the final third is, is, is the worst bit of the film, but by that point, it had built up enough kind of goodwill that I was willing to echo, ah, do you know what, you can get away with that now. It's just it would have been nice if Michelle Monaghan was in a position in her career where she could have said no to it, but you know, never mind. Just straight away, Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, kind of all over the place though, but no, fair enough. Good on you. Um, watched the um, 2001, 2001-2002 film Changing Lanes. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. Just because we, we, we just thought, you know what? It, it looks like sort of being bits of both really tired. I think it was on a Thursday night. I went. It looks like the sort of thing we can have on watch, it'll finish, and we'll go, that was alright, but we'll have to pay no attention if we don't need to, <laughs> to it. Which is pretty much what Changing Lanes is. Um, you know, it's it, it's entertaining enough, but never gets too entertaining that you actually care. There's not a single likeable character in the entire movie at all. <laughs> Everybody is a terrible person in some way or another. You've got Ben Affleck, who is the... Um, that a young hotshot lawyer who you know he's never really been an idealist uh, and he's very much aware that he's an arsehole. Um, but you know he, he thinks that by him being <laughs> some kind of good, he's not. He's just an arsehole. Um, 
his bosses are just money grabbing arseholes, and Samuel L. Jackson is, um, well, a recovering alcoholic who likes to get a little bit angry about shit. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a funny film, but, um, good thing is, it was, we needed something that was under, that was around sort of an hour and a half long, um, pre-credits, um, so it, it kind of, it suited the mood for that night. Hmm. Um, a couple more, um, watched last night, um, Fracture, the Anthony Hopkins and Ryan Gosling. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of one of those that, um, directed by, uh, Gregory um, Hobler, who kind of it, it was the film where studios, I think, started to pay attention to to Ryan Gosling because he, he'd already, you know, he'd built up a little bit of following with films like um, the United States of Leland and um, the Notebook had, had received him sort of some notoriety in some quarters. Um, but you know, also think things like The Believer uh, had obviously had got him you know, a bit of a, a cult following as, as a young actor to kind of, to look out for, as did Half Nelson, which got um, nominated for the Academy Award, but nobody actually fucking saw in the cinema. Uh, and Fracture made the studios go, well, actually, do you know what? We, we can give him a, a studio movie and put him on a, on a poster with somebody like Hopkins and he can he, he can sell a movie. A little bit like uh, Gregory Hobbit did with Edward Norton in uh, Primal Fear, which is a, another film very similar to Fracture in the fact that you've got a performance from what the lead actor kind of takes away from, you know, the, the more established stars of the movie. Um, Hopkins is doing that, that post um, kind of Hannibal thing where essentially he just played a version of Lecter uh, in everything. Um, he's, he's Hopkins in it really. And that, that's about it. That's about all you can really bloody say about him these days, isn't it? He is. Yeah. And it's, he's a little bit, you know, he's, he always plays very smart characters that are usually very wealthy, uh, but are a little bit kind of nasty to an extent um, and are very arrogant. So a little bit like himself, really. He's playing sure. Anthony Hopkins. Um, I mean, the, the, the great thing about Anthony, the terrible thing about Anthony Hopkins is he's gradually got worse since he got more and more famous, really. You know, before yeah. when he was, before he did. Sansa Lambs, and he was a, a jobbing uh, actor who, you know, was, was still recovering from his drink problems. He was actually quite an interesting actor, and now he's just a bit boring. Uh, yeah. Gosling, when he's not trying to have the accent that he has in it, is he, very interesting. Uh, Rosamund Pike is um, is good in it, despite the fact that she gets nothing to do at all except look stunning, which she does with a plum, we'll say. <laughs> um, but it's an entertaining kind of um, Saturday night, couple of glasses of wine and bowl of popcorn movie, really. It's one of those. It's a, it, it's that kind of thriller that you get where it's a, ooh, well, how's he done this? How's he done this? And you kind of go, I think it's this. Why isn't, you know, if I think it's this and I'm watching the movie, why haven't the people who are supposed to do this for a job ever looked at this? And that seems a little bit blah because there'd be this and this and this. So it's one of those where, if you think beyond the surface of what you're watching, then then you're misunderstanding the movie you're watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it easily, easily enough. Um, and then uh, the other day I watched uh, Dead Presidents, uh, which was the Hughes Brothers follow-up to Menace to Society. Society yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're sort of Vietnam kind of tale, but more, more kind of... Um, 
following the vein of Day Hunter, where you've got a, a pre-Vietnam um, Lorenz Tate, uh, and then a post-Vietnam uh, him as well. So there's before he goes to Vietnam, where he's he's actually enlisted to go uh, to Vietnam, despite the fact that he could quite easily go to college. But he he wants the you know he wants to join the Marines because his dad was in the Marines, and he wants that he wants that really. Um, and then when he gets out of you know gets back, he realizes that you know there's nothing really for him when he comes back. You know, his his girl that he was kind of never really that interested in uh, has got a kid that he's never seen um, but the kid's three or four years old by this point and it's thrust upon him to be a dad which he kind of wants but he doesn't want the girl but he doesn't want her to be with anybody else he can't get a decent job but that's what he wants so ends up kind of getting dragged into this um, this heist um, by Freddie Rodriguez uh, funnily enough I forgot he was in this uh, and Chris Tucker uh, to come and um, to kind of do this heist where they get him to plan it because he was sort of the head, one of the heads in this elite special forces uh, in Vietnam. So they think that he can do it uh, and that he can plan this 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 sort of seamless uh, heist, which goes all goes tits up. But it's just a such a really really good film. Is it, uh, it is Dead Presidents? It's it's one that doesn't really get spoken about enough. Uh, the performances, uh, you've got Lorenz Tate, uh, Keith Davids in it, Chris Tucker's very good in it, Freddy Rodriguez is, is good, Buck and Woodbine um, as a, a preacher's son and then preacher, but while he was in Vietnam he, for instance, carried around a trophy uh, that he took when they um, killed the entire squadron uh, of, of Viet Cong and the trophy that he's carrying around is a head Nice, uh, and it's an entire head. And then when eventually the rest of the platoon get um, get sick of it, the smell of this head, um, he buries it and basically says that was our good luck charm. None of us have have, have, have have been hit since I took that head. You can pretty much guess what happens afterwards. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a quite it's a really quite a, a powerful movie that kind of that takes a look at um, similar to like say what what what. Um, you know, films like *On the Fourth of July* did, or, or, or I'd say *The Deer Hunter*. It's, it's very closely linked to *The Deer Hunter*. I'd say, uh, in it, it looks at life before, life during, and life after. Um, and although it is dealing with the, um, you know, the the, the 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 black community with it, it, it's not playing more to that really. Um, it, it's it's not pitching itself as being this is the this is what happened to young black men who came back from Vietnam it is still just pitched itself as this is what happened to young men who came out of Vietnam and these young men happen to be um, from a black area in, in the Bronx I mean for instance you've also got let's say um, Frederica's in there as well so it, it's it's not just sort of trying to play that angle which which the film benefits from but it's it's quite slightly the fact that this was their second movie, um, Albert and, and Alan Hughes. Um, and, you know, these guys, I think at the time, were only sort of like 23 when they made this film. Uh, and it, it, it's it's got a lot to say for, you know, two 23-year-olds, really. Yeah, I... Fuck it. Oh, God, it's been a number of years since I've seen Day Presidents. I'll be honest, I barely remember anything about it. I would... I, I watched it on... Brazilian Netflix. Okay, wow, okay. 
Yeah, I watched it on Brazilian Netflix because it was available on Brazilian Netflix. So, yeah, uh, it's also available on Mexican Netflix and um, a lot of the South American Netflix it seems to be available on. Uh, much much to do the studio deal they've got down in South America. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I watched it. Um, I watched it uh, on, on one of those. So if you do have access to the the multi regions, I, I would I I I'd definitely suggest giving it a giving it a watch because it's 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 certainly got a lot to say. Um, and yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Murray watching it. Yeah, nice. Uh, cool. Right. Uh, we shall get into our third instalment of our Ian and Mark play with their lightsabers uh, marathon. We are on to the final film of the um, the second trilogy. I don't know how you're supposed to call it. <laughs> yeah. Still fucking confuses me. Uh, which is episode three, Revenge of the uh, Sith. Um as I'm going to do with every single one of these, Ian, you can explain the plot because uh, it still kind of baffles me. War! Um, as the, uh, the, uh, the first word of the opening yeah, book says. Exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay. Um, Padme and Anakin have secretly married. Mm. Um, Anakin and Obi-Wan are basically trying to track down Count Dooku, who escaped at the end of episode two. Um, they find him on a space station and within like the first 10 or 15 minutes, uh, Dooku is, uh, mercilessly killed by, uh, um, by Anakin Skywalker on the kind of the Emperor's behest. Um, and then through the film, basically it's, it's the fall of the Jedi uh, and, and the revenge of the Sith. So, um, you've got Anakin getting, um, basically pulled by both sides uh, both by his kind of dedication to the Jedi, but is also his annoyance that they're not taking him seriously enough with his dedication to the Emperor and uh, the Emperor's in, like increasing amount of responsibilities willing to foist upon Anakin. Um, and that, that's, that's basically it, really. I mean, it is the story of Anakin Skywalker's fall. And thankfully, his kind of childishness and impetuousness actually plays off in a, in a narrative sense in this one. Um, his bullishness and his, I can do anything I want, I'm a powerful Jedi, I will even like stop death. Uh, you know, it's played quite well by the way that Hayden Christensen is, play, is playing it. He's whiny as fuck, mm. and he's a shit Jedi, it could very much be argued how the fuck didn't Obi-Wan see that this was going to be a problem years beforehand. Um, but I think that stuff actually plays out quite well in this film. I think this is by far the best of the prequels. Um, I think it it, lo- it actually looks all right. The action sequences are decent. Uh, the, like the seemingly one-take thing at the start, I think, is genuinely good blockbuster filmmaking. Um and there's a sense of stakes and scale and shit actually happening in this one, which it doesn't really feel like either of the previous two had. Um, coupled with that, the first it's the first Star Wars film with a 12 rating, and I think it uses that. It, it goes to some pretty dark places. It's got some pretty dark imagery at times, and... Uh, I kind of wish this was the George Lucas that we had doing episodes one and two. Really, I, it, it for me, he's he ended it on quite a strong note for him, relatively speaking. 
Go on. It's it, it's by far the the best of the uh, of, of this these three installments without without question. Yeah, um, like you say, there's actual you actually feel like you're getting somewhere with it, uh, whereas you don't with the first. Well, I personally didn't with the first two. I felt like sure. they, were, they 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 existed for the sake of existing. Uh, whereas this is kind of like this is the one that's setting up all of the. Um, you know the, the the next three movies, which obviously already exist um, at this point, which kind of does detract a little bit from um, from certain bits uh, within this film. Uh, for instance, the 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 big battle with with Obi Wan Kenobi is a little bit like okay, but all I'm doing now is waiting to see how um, he loses the legs and the the arm, uh, and that's it. You know, there's no. There's no peril. There's no peril for Yoda or anything like this because you know you already know what happens to them. You know, so there is there is that a little bit. I, I still think it's it, it's a good it's a good half an hour, if not more, too long. Um, it, it's, it's, it is really long. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, too much padding. There's there's bits, there's scenes where where let's be brutally fucking honest. Um, for all the things that, that George Lucas is, he's not a great director. You know. Great storyteller, um, great kind of, I don't know, it, a word for it. It, it, he, a great film person, a great person that's done a lot within the film world. But as a director, it, it, he's not that great, really. And when he's got nobody there to go, no, it, it seems like he lets himself run a bit wild because there's, there's points where you get the feeling a, a better director, for want of a better word, really, would go... This scene needs to be more punchy. This theme will be will feel, will feel better if we cut out certain bits of it. Um, some of the fucking dialogue is just every time um, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman are on screen together, you're going, "Oh God, what are they going to say?" Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the worst. It's like episode two. I mean, that's the it's it's the one aspect that I think has demonstrably not improved between the two films. They're still both terrible together. There's a scene where. I can't even remember what they're saying to each other, but it it, it is it, it's so cringingly. Oh, horrible. is it the um? I it's because I'm so in love with you. Yes. It's that. Are, are you saying that love has made you blind? Yeah. 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 That is it's, the worst. It's bad. Also, as well, the the Vader stepping out of the thing and has first been introduced to to Darth Vader and him going awkwardly stepping out of that thing, stumbling and going, no! But no, I mean, like, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's Darth Vader saying, I've had me. I, I, it's so weird that Darth Vader is actually trying to have emotion in his voice. It is, it's just, it's the way he kind of stumbles out of that thing. And yeah, like, he kind of breaks, like, it breaks like the thing and like, like steps out with his arms in front of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like, Oh fuck! I've just watched three movies, three fucking movies, nearly fucking eight hours to get to. No! Did you really just do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you've got that one. It had, it kind of has to happen, but one slight bugbear of mine is the way that, like, suddenly when they're on Senator Organa's like ship, it suddenly looks like the interiors of the spaceships from episode four. 
whereas pre- previously they looked futuristic, and now they look like yeah. like white bobbly things about with lines of black. Yeah. Whereas previously they did look a little bit like the Fifth Element rate, um Blade Runner. Yeah, just can wait for it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, what I will say is this film, this film for the first time in these ones looks quite good. Actually, it does look quite nice. Um, it is almost like Lucas watched uh, episode two and went. I don't like shit in it, guys. Yes, yeah, it yeah. Better, and it looks better from 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 the get go. I mean, the, the thing. I mean, I just I like the sense of a kind of almost hopelessness for for a lot of it. Just when um, Palpatine is ordering him to do all this really horrible shit, mm. and and you're you're I, I don't know you you. You're watching it and just like him with the younglings. I mean, yeah, they call them younglings and that's bad. But, you know, that, I mean, shit. You can't. Like, when he walks in at those kids. In this. I mean, yeah, cut out General Grievous. What's the point other than he's an action figure? There's no point. There's just, there's no point. But uh, even though he's in Clone Wars as well. But, you know, again, kind of whatever. It Just the scene of Anakin walking in and like all the the, the kids and then him turning on his lightsaber. You know, it's just, it's like, wow, I didn't actually think they were going to have the balls to go there. And it's interesting because Lucas said, was saying in Defense of Phantom Menace, you know, he always thought that these films were for kids. So he was making a kids film. Yeah, no, Revenge of the Sith isn't really for kids. No. Like Jar Jar is for kids. You know, so it's, I like the fact that it does actually feel like Lucas did listen. Yeah. In, in aspects. I mean, in episode one, Jar Jar is a prominent role. Episode two, he has about three or four lines. Episode three, he is seen but not heard. Yeah. You know, and, and that's how we want our Jar Jar. Yeah, so it, it, it does actually feel like he's listening. He's taking this stuff on board. I will say as well, I mean, like, I, 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 I genuinely think Ewan McGregor is, is good in this. I like, yes, the action sequence on Mustafar is, you know, underwhelming in its predictableness because obviously, mm. but when he's saying you are my brother or I loved you, I actually yeah. I actually believe I believe his half. <laughs> I don't believe Hayden Christensen's half, but I believe McGregor's. I believe McGregor's and it, it, it's good because for, for those moments where he's actually where you're getting angry and emotional, um Obi Wan from from McGregor, he's not he's not just trying to do an Alec Guinness oh, impression. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Which, which he is throughout a lot of the other bits and it's it is a little bit like stop just play play your version of Obi Wan Kenobi. Don't stop trying to do an impression of somebody else. It, 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 it's it's deeply distracting and it's making you look silly at points. Yeah, in those bits, that bit, he, he, he's great. He's great for the vast majority of this film. To be honest, I think it's a good performance. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. It's just like the fact that it's not like a father son relationship. It's brothers. Mm-hmm. I like I, I like that. You know, especially considering the way, the way he's like, it's like Qui Gon was like, it was more like his dad, and, and and then he kind of takes him on almost as like a stepbrother kind of a thing. I, I you know, I I, I, I like that, and I oh man, I would love to see you and McGregor come back if there was some like, like I don't know, some if they were going to do like one of these in between films where it's a story of Obi-Wan between episode three and episode four or something. I'd love to see you and McGregor come back and headline something. Yeah. Just a couple more hours of his Obi-Wan 
being his Obi Wan. I I I'd really enjoy that. He, he is uh, as the films go on. He, he does become the one where you go. Do you know what he could probably? He's probably the one out of these three that can hold his head up highest um, because Aidan Christensen can't quite simply. Um, Natalie Portman, I don't think is she's terrible. I, I, she's, she's bad. I I do think her against Hayden Christensen makes makes her relatively less bad in comparison. Hayden, it's just Hayden Christensen. Every single fucking line reading of his is terrible, and it's just it's almost like Lucas wrote Episode Three's character arc around Hayden Christensen's inability. It to, it, it, it's it's a little bit like um, shit covered pizza versus you know piss filled lemonade. Sure, it? yeah, no, 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 I no, I agree with that. The thing is, the Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen, and the Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman stuff is the only stuff in the film that I seriously have a problem with, and there's not as much of that as there is in Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones has to have those two at the centre of it for a large portion of time and is terrible as a result. Here, yes, you have got the lovers... So you're saying lovers blinded you. You know, that bobbins. Hmm. But, I mean, like they're, they're necessarily separated from most of the film here, and I'm fine with that. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, like I said before, the impending doom I like. I think John Williams is still doing damn solid work here. Yeah, I, I the the fact that they just amount, amount, uh, about managed to get a bit of hope in there at the end just to kind of tee you up into episode four. I love the fact that Joel Edgerton is in the last shot of a Star Wars film. <laughs> That's so weird, <laughs> you know. Um, and it, it, it's just... I actually have a good time watching this one. Like I say, I, I, I'll be honest, it's the one I liked the most out of them. I, I was still, I was still while I was watching it going, I cannot understand why this film's still on. I cannot understand why this film has taken this long to tell this little story. I mean, yeah, the, the General Grievous stuff, like, just cut him out of the start and just have Count Dooku at the head of that ship and not General Grievous. Like, what's the point there? And, you know, the movie that would it, it would it would benefit so much from being punchier, and it, it's not. It, it it has so many points where it it just it drags its heels. Even though I mean, I will say the one uh, the uh, general Grievous in there does give us the moment where you and McGregor just drops down and goes, "Hello there," which uh, before he he gets his lightsaber out and starts fighting, which I really like. I just. Nice, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's just the, the kind of the smirk on his face as he's saying it. It's I want more of that Obi Wan, and there's moments of that in two and here, and I want more of that. I'd, I'd happily prefer to, to 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 keep that and lose um, Yoda fighting. Um, oh, Palpatine! Palpatine! I, 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 I've got that. Was just that. Was, it was just boring. I got a little CGI green dude fighting a. What what has gone from being a really quite interesting villain to being <laughs> really and his, his little whirlwind forward move that he does. Yeah. That I've got to say, ever so slight quick tangent. I've been playing Star Wars Battlefront this week, uh, this weekend, and um, the Emperor is one of the characters you can play for a limited amount of time in that game. And one of his, and one of his special moves is that move, and it looks so fucking weird. 
<laughs> just what do like you're just like you're a random soldier and in the distance you can see the emperor just like whirlwinding towards someone it's like what <laughs> I, 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 it's it's amazing it's amazing but yeah i i don't know i mean the thing is also i will say the bit where hayden christensen um and, and sammy like is having the argument with samuel L. jackson while samuel L. jackson's almost about to kill palpatine every time i watch this film i because i'm an idiot i genuinely get the like He's so close to actually, like, turning back. Like, do it. Don't go with Palpatine. And then mm. he does it, you know. But they built... I think they actually genuinely build that conflict in him really well. And the moral of that is if Samuel L. Jackson was less of a twat to him yeah. through the course of these films, yeah. Palpatine would have died. It's the... Fu- I mean, it's just... He plays him so easily, though. Oh no, yeah, he does, but it's because you know it's because he's willful and rash and 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 and, and selfish. You know that's the thing. The Jedi is supposed to be selfless, and the the, the Sith is selfish. Anakin Skywalker, at the end of it, is selfish. Hmm. He wants to stop those he cares about for, from dying, but he's got the I'm going to stop them from dying. I will have the power to do that, which is his downfall. I mean, I like I like the idea that it's almost like the snake eating his tail, that he's having this dream that she's going to die in childbirth, and that's what sets him off on his course. But she dies in childbirth because he goes on that course. I like I like that kind that that whole kind of thing where it's almost like it's it's just unstoppable, it's just inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 that's a good kind of classical idea. Um I, I I I don't know. I mean, I think maybe in my tone of voice compared to episode one and two, I think I'm I'm, I'm being a lot more animated about this one, and I think it's because there is more to say. To say there's a lot more to get animated about. There's a lot more going on. Yeah, it is. It's a movie that 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 starts rather than building to something. It starts in the middle of something, and then it takes you to the end of something. But it takes you at the end of the thing that it starts you in the middle of. It doesn't close that off and then start something new. Yeah. The other movies, they don't. They start, just start, and then they take you quite literally nowhere. They're, they are, the other two movies, you can watch it and go, well, do you know what? You could have fucking done that in a fucking title card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not had to put us through. It, 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 this is, like you say, it's a good one of the third ones, but it, it kind of, it's like, well, hang on a minute. Why did we need all that to build to this? Just give us that fucking movie. And what happens in between now and uh, and what happens in the fourth one, that middle bit is fucking more interesting than what you spent five hours telling me beforehand. Star Wars Rebels, mate. You've got to get on it. I'm not going <laughs> to. But it has made me go, do you know what? I've got the shit to out of the way. And I've got well, it's the best of the original of, of the uh, the second three. I've got that out of the way, and it's like, well, do you know what? Yes, it should be. I would say you could easily take forty minutes out of that movie and have a better movie. Uh, but now I'm going right. All right, these are the three. These are three ones that people are more precious about. It's the gravy now, bud. It's the gravy. Yeah. But if that the thing is, if I come out at the end of these and I'm going, yeah, still not for me then I know it's not for me. If I come out the end of it, I can go, do you know what? I gave it a crack. Yeah, fair enough. Definitely not shit. I'm doing it. Seven out of ten, definitely not shit. Do you know what? 
Do you know what? I was going to go touching cloth, but I'm going to go, it's definitely not shit. Yes! The reason is that I don't think it is shit. And so I can't say touching cloth because I don't think it's shit. So it's definitely not shit. Nice result. So, yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Nice. That. So, um, yes. So next week uh, we will have uh, episode one uh, of Star Wars. I am not calling it. A New Hope. I'm sorry, I'm not. It was released called Star Wars. It's called Star Wars. You can't change the name of a film 30 years later. In fairness... You can't. In fairness, he called it Episode 4 A New Hope in the in the title card at, just after the first release. There was a re-release and he had the title card saying Episode 4 A New Hope in there. A re-release? What, of Star Wars? Yeah. So when did he change the name? Not yes, all right. It was originally it was Star Wars and just the title crawl without. Uh, I think it's without Episode Four, but I'd like to somebody TGP seventy three come at me. Did it say a New Hope in the title crawl originally, or did it say what was it just the text at first, and then in the re-release it said Episode Four a New Hope? How did that work? Because I always thought I, I I used to always think it was really clever of George Lucas to put Episode Four a New Hope in there. Just so he could say, well, there's three others coming. Originally, like, that's how bullish he was. And it was like, well, no, it didn't quite work like that. But still, this one was a hit. And he thought, fuck it, I've got three other stories I can say beforehand. I'm going to call this episode four. And I've already got all the merchandising rights. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching this one. Um, and what, what else are we covering next week? What's... I have reached the point of that night, where, the night where I really need to pee. So I'm going to say it's a busy one next week. Bridge of Spies, Carol, The Good Dinosaur, and something else, which for the life of me, Black Mass. Yeah. Well, we, we will decide at some point during the week what we are going to see. I think thinking. it's probably going to be Black Mass, isn't it? Out of those, I prefer Black Mass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm thinking I might try and double bill Black Mass and Carol. Um, just because I'm hearing so many good things about Carol. But, yeah, I really need a piss. So, sorry. Guys, uh, and we shall speak to you uh, next week uh, where we might ask the questions. (laughs) Yay. Bye.